0: That was not my finest moment in hindsight. I'm sorry.
1: Welcome to 10 Cent Takes, the show where we blow off the dust of ages, one issue at a time. My name's Jessica Fraser, and I am joined by my co-host the Nesting Doll of Comics Factoids Mike Thompson
0: <laughs> I don't even know what sound effect to make to that I I I'm drawing a blank I'm sorry That's just uh, you know <laughs> No that doesn't sound right <laughs> Swipe left veto <laughs> It's
1: okay we'll edit it out anyway we'll we'll edit the whole episode out
0: <laughs> We're not editing that out Don't don't you lie to me
1: Well, if you're new to the show, our main episodes drop every other week and provide in-depth looks into interesting moments in comic books and how they tie into pop culture and history. But today is one of our Dollar Bin Discoveries mini-episodes that we do in between those deep dives. We spend a ton of time rooting through dollar bins at local shops, looking for interesting stuff, and while a lot of the issues we find are fun and weird, there may not be enough for us to do a deep dive on, you know at the moment but we do reserve the right to change our mind later and each episode will feature both of us talking about one random issue we came across in the dollar bins what it is what goes on inside it and why it's interesting so mike what are you reading
0: (laughs) so at the petaluma antique fair a couple of months ago i came across a guy who who made me a pretty solid deal he sold me a small pile of comics for way less than he should have and one of the books i came across is the sword of sorcery number one, Ooh. which is it's from like february 1973 uh it features one of the first appearances of fafford and the gray mouser which have, have you ever heard of them
1: no sword and sorcery <laughs> sounded very familiar and then you started faffering around and i had no you lost
0: me <laughs> Yeah. So Fofford is a barbarian and the Grey Mouser is this kind of like sneaky little acrobatic thief. And the two of them were the main characters of a bunch of short stories written by a guy named Fritz Lieber. I think it was right around the same time that um, Robert Howard was writing the Conan stories. I might be wrong on that. They're basically considered sort of like literary counterparts to Conan the Barbarian. And Personally, having read through a lot of the short stories of both, I think that, that Fritz Lieber's writing is actually a lot better.
1: Mm.
0: This is a comic that um, actually has them starring in their own story. The first was, I think, uh, an issue of Wonder Woman that came out around the same time. But this is based on one of the stories called The Price of Pain-Ease. And the story itself is written by Denny O'Neill. It's penciled by Howard Chaikin. And it's inked by the Krusty Bunkers, which was a collective of inkers working out of Neil Adams Continuity Studios. Basically, it's this very kind of breathless fantasy adventure story. It starts off with Fofford and the Grey Mouser. They're in this tavern and they recognize members of the Thieves Guild, who are apparently out to collect a reward on them. They end up beating up the thieves pretty handily, and there's very swashbuckly action. But the owner of the tavern ends up summoning the local magistrate because during the battle, they wrecked the room and laid out six paying customers on the floor so they have to escape quickly. And then while they're seeking a place to hide from the law, they break into this mansion that belongs to Duke Danius? Danius? I don't know. Um, we'll just say a duke. <laughs> they break into the, <laughs> into a mansion that's that, that belongs to a duke, and they are enjoying its luxuries until the owner actually returns and orders his guards to kill them. They escape again. There's like A lot of kind of exposition stuff in between where the Duke is getting a magic axe because he wants to kill death, I think. And then in the meantime, like a unicorn has rescued the two and then it takes them to see some wizards who hire them to seal death's mask. And eventually the two groups, both the Duke and Fawford and the Grey Mouse, wind up at death's castle in front of his throne where his mask is. But death himself is not there. The Duke manages to knock out both of these heroes just as death returns. And then the, the Duke tries to kill death, but death ends up, you know, obviously not dying and kills the Duke instead. And then Fawford and the Mouser wake up and they get out of Dodge and Fawford reveals that he actually stole the mask. It's Like I said, it's a very breathless story. There's a lot going on. I've actually boiled it down a lot. There's a lot of other parts that I left out, but that, yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, that was one issue?
0: That's one issue. I was sitting there reading through this and I'm like, good Lord. (laughs) That's Um, so much. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a lot. But that said, the story itself, I'm like, it's kind of, you know, standard pulp sword and sorcery fantasy. But Chaiken's art is really cool. It's it's got that cool 70s fantasy vibe that feels a little sci-fi and like, you know, the costuming and everything feels very alien at times. It's kind of like what we recently discussed in the saga of Kristar, where it's got that otherworldliness that kind of went away when Dungeons and Dragons style fantasy took over the genre. And I really liked the way that they drew death. Like he's got snakes coming out of his hands and stuff, which was kind of cool.
1: Now that's neat.
0: Yeah, it's one of those books where. I don't know. I I just appreciate it for for being a really interesting artifact. And I don't know, at some point we might want to talk about the two heroes and how they're an interesting counterpart to Conan, but that probably won't happen anytime soon. So, yeah, it was a it was a fun one to find and I'm I'm glad I paid almost nothing for it individually.
1: Perfect. <laughs> That's yeah, the way.
0: Exactly, right? So what about you? <laughs> what what are you talking about tonight?
1: I'm talking about gay shit. Fucking love it. Gay shit. Yeah. So, shit. I specifically bought this from the dollar bins because it it was very obviously gay shit, okay? The cover is like two women holding hand and like a beam of light is going through them. I'm like, I literally don't (laughs) care what's happening. I'm buying this comic. (laughs) I can't open it. I don't care because it looks gay as fuck and I'm on board. I was right. It's <laughs> gay. So. <laughs> so it's called Rain, and it was part one of a five-part series.
0: I've read the first issue of this. It's great.
1: Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So it's from January of 2022, so just you know, earlier this year, beginning of this year. Yeah. Story by Joe Hill, adaptation by David M. Boer. Art by Zoe Thoroughgood, Colors by Chris O'Halloran, Letters by Sean Lee, and based on the novella Rain by Joe Hill. So the story focuses on a couple of women and walking through their story with Yolanda moving in with Honeysuckle. The whole story has this overarching sense of foreboding as a perfectly sunny and pleasant day turns deadly. And I, if you want to see this, I don't want to reveal any more than that. (laughs) If you want to read it, go read it. Yeah. Because it's really good. Firstly, again, you know I love a gay romance story. So, of course, I was on board with this one. The two are sweet and they're quirky with one another. And the relationship feels like it's well thought through with each character having a personality outside of the relationship.
0: Which is great, and yeah, I liked, it's it's really lovely. I remember this.
1: Yeah, and I liked the buildup of the plot. You really could feel something dark and foreboding was happening, even though the story was completely pleasant, one hundred percent pleasant. And you're just like, no, something feels wrong, and there was just this build up to it. That was super fascinating, and then the art is gorgeous. The hair was done in a way that I really liked. Yolanda had textured hair. And the way mm-hmm. that the, the art was done with her hair being coiled in textures, it was really neat. And I, I think it was really, really well thought through as far as that goes, um, you know, from what I know. And I really liked that there were different body shapes and attributes, like Honeysuckle has freckles, and these are always emphasized in close-ups, and they're always present whenever she's, you know, whenever she's in scene.
0: Yeah. No, I really, really enjoyed it. Have you read other stuff by Joe Hill?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Okay, so first of all, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son.
1: Oh! Okay.
0: Okay. He's, okay. he's yeah he's like a very accomplished writer in his own right he came through petaluma a couple of years ago because because he had his new short story anthology coming out he came to copperfield and it was packed and then um <laughs> i had iggy with me and so we got a picture of me and iggy and joe hill and he signed my copies of lock and key which is the comic that you know he wrote it's been adapted into a netflix series oh. and all that oh yeah no he's he is incredibly talented you know it's like it's nice. it's one of those things where i'm like man like you know and he seems really nice too and like just was really gracious about like signing as much stuff as people wanted to give him because yeah. i had the first few it's issues so nice. of lock and key and he signed all that
1: well shit joe hill hit us up
0: yeah we should uh we should see if we can get him on sometime to yeah, talk he's dude, really he's really awesome, cool and really uh... fascinating and he was really funny too
1: yeah Dude, and I gotta say, the storytelling, in even in just this first issue, was just, it was so well done. And the plot was really driving, even when they were just telling these characters' story of, like, moving in together, this really commonplace thing. Like, things happening on the street, like, you know, some kid not able to go outside because he's not, you know, because he's on antibiotics and he's sensitive to the sun right now, and... You know, just like little details about the neighborhood. Yeah. It was really, yeah. I think that about wraps up our dollar bin discoveries for this week.
0: Yeah. Right? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. It Sounds about right.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for so much for joining us. And join us next week for a, another deep dive. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll talk about something cool, so join us then. And until then, we will see you in the stacks. Thanks for listening to Tencent Takes. Accessibility is important to us, so text transcriptions of each of our published episodes can be found on our website.
0: This episode was hosted by Jessica Fraser and Mike Thompson. Written by Jessica Fraser and Mike Thompson, and edited by Mike Thompson. Our intro theme was written and performed by Jared Emerson Johnson of Bay Area Sound. Our credits and transition music is Pursuit of Life by Evan McDonald and was purchased with a standard license from Premium Beat. Our banner graphics were designed by Sarah Frank, who you can find at lookmomdraws.com.
1: If you'd like to get in touch with us, ask us questions, or tell us about how we got something wrong, please head over to 10centtakes.com or shoot an email to 10 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter for now the official podcast account is 10 cent takes jessica is jessica witha and jessica spelled with a k and mike is van sal v-a-n-s-a-u
0: if you'd like to support us be sure to download rate and review wherever you listen
1: stay safe out there
0: and support your local comic shop
1: i don't have to leave in that for now
0: (laughs) i don't know it's fine with me it's a
1: good warning listen up musk (laughs)